Real Money Show, one eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealthcom All the information you need in investing in real precious metals, RSPs, other registered accounts, the e-store at the top corner as well. Guys, Jeremy, Darren got a busy day today. In fact, we'll have uh, Daniel DiMartino Booth on the show in just a bit, doing an interview with her. Uh, some insight, the uh, founder of Money Strong and the author of Fed Up, an insider's take on why the Federal Reserve is bad for America. So lots of stuff, good stuff coming up today on the show. How are you, fellas? Doing Looking bad, fantastic. John. Good, man. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a busy week. We've had gold and silver rush into new trading zones. So as the week ends, of course, a little bit of pullback on, on uh, you know, here as we're taping on Thursday and into Friday, the long weekend. It's Labor Day weekend, back to school weekend. And of course, this is a fantastic opportunity for us to talk about Danielle DiMartino Booth. She was serving uh, at the Dallas Federal Reserve for, I think, 15 years. She was 10 there. Years, 10, 10 years. 10 years. And she decided in 2015 to walk away with Mr. Fisher, who also left the Federal Reserve at that time, and uh, wrote about the inside evils of the mm-hmm. Fed in her book, Fed Up. And of course, it's on its second publication now, and it's been translated for the layman person. It's an interview that we're proud to have. It's not solely focused on precious metals. It's a side effect of where we think you should be as investors, and that includes what we love to talk about on a weekly basis, which is gold and silver, John. And of course, uh, year to date, both gold and silver starting to get into a new trading range. We're very excited. We don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Certainly as September approaches, we've had some fantastic ones over the last decade that have brought about these tremendous peaks in, in spring where, you know, the, the price is up two, 300%, the last of which culminated with a move in s- September of 2010 at $18 silver all the way to spring of 2011 where we saw it reach $49 an ounce. So we're going to spend some time talking about what's provoking the gold and silver price higher at this point in time over the show. We have that interview is going to be fantastic, and we got a little bit about colored diamonds this week too. Yeah, and what we're what we've been seeing as we're just about heading into the school year is that that end of end of August, mid August to end of August creep up in the precious metals, which is what we've seen recently. We saw gold finally break up above thirteen hundred dollars. We also saw yet another flash crash this week, which the market just completely shrugged off. Um, these flash crashes are starting to seem not as uh, random um, as first thought, but definitely we saw one this week. The market shrugged it off. And I think part of that is because over the last several years, we continue to see people who have acquired physical precious metals, added it to their portfolio, whether it was just simply buying it over the e-store, calling Guildhall, make, making an appointment, coming to the office and picking up their their physical bullion putting it in the registered account like an RSP TFSA, holding it in a depository. And these these people are strong hands. They've bought it at the low in the market. They know that gold and silver, they consider them uh, as undervalued at this point, while other aspects in the market, like the stock market or real estate or anything that we're going to hear from Danielle DiMartino Booth about in terms of low interest rate policy, what's created higher highs because of these type of policies, but we know that precious metals, in our opinion, is is definitely undervalued. People have bought it over the last several years, have bought it at this low. They're not looking to get rid of it at the at the the a sign of the market dipping slightly. And they're not gonna let go of, of silver when it goes to twenty five or thirty dollars. So 
this has been a great consolidation period in precious metals. We feel it's just about come to its end as we're seeing certain markets start to get shaky. And we also have to keep an eye on the U.S. dollar. Um, actually, today on CNBC, uh, uh, Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary in the States, came out and said that a, a lower dollar would be great. So um, this is something to watch. The U.S. dollar, we've been talking about it recently, is starting to come down to where it was several years back. And it, if it starts going further down, we need to pay attention to precious metals. I'd like to welcome Danielle DiMartino Booth to the uh, Real Money Show, former advisor to Richard Fisher of the Dallas Fed, author of Fed Up, an insider's take on why the Federal Reserve is bad for America. She's worked on Wall Street and is a regular contributor and commentator for Bloomberg and other major news outlets. She's also the president and founder of Money Strong, which is a consultancy with a weekly newsletter, and we're very pleased to have her on the show. So welcome, Danielle DiMartino Booth. Well, welcome to the show, Danielle. It's great to have you here. Um, I wanted to start with uh, getting right into the book, if we can. Um, I wanted to know what motivated you to to really write the book and at what point you got fed up. Well, I mean, the, the title of the book is, is, is No Mistake at All. Um, the mayor of Chicago, Rahm Emanuel, I think he's the most recent person to say, you know, don't waste a crisis. And crisis, um, crises present opportunities. And I think that because the Fed did not see the crisis coming, there were so few of us on the inside who did, uh, that, that, the, that the great financial crisis that, that occurred almost a decade ago was an extremely good opportunity to revisit their methodologies, their decision-making, and make necessary changes uh, so that they wouldn't continue to repeat the sins of the past. And they squandered that opportunity, and I use that word forcefully, they squandered that opportunity and they squandered it knowingly. And and in in that sense, I, I know you've been talking about the fact that there's a lot of PhDs there. They don't seem to have a lot of real world experience, and and that's not translating to the, the people that they're supposed to be out making policy for. Um, and that's something that you were experiencing at the Fed, right? It 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 was what I experienced at the Fed. But when I said knowingly a minute ago, it actually referred to the fact that even those PhDs. Uh, you know, as, as far from planet Earth as, as they reside, and they're very much pie-in-the-sky thinking types, but even they recognized that their inflation measures didn't effectively capture asset price inflation. Uh, and so even though it looked like inflation was too low, of course, we found out that in residential real estate it had run off the rails. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the PhDs recognized uh, this failure and still chose to do nothing about it, not invent a new inflation metric that would help them see asset price inflation going forward. And so for those people new to learning about the Fed, um, which is great, I think that's one of the great things about this book, because we're in the precious metals industry. And I remember over a decade ago, there might have been one, maybe two books on the on the shelves at uh, major bookstores on that topic. And now there's, you know, you're adding to a small section on on the Fed, uh, and it's great to see it growing. What would you like to see readers take away from this book right now? Really, uh, I want for readers to be financially literate and to understand that it is not some theoretical institution uh, that that doesn't have a direct impact on their lives. You know, the reasons Americans ha- have become as a society. Uh, a, a people who live well beyond their means 
and who have accessed credit so many times over the past 30 years since Alan Greenspan uh, took office at, at the Federal Reserve is because that policy has encouraged us to become a debtor nation. And I, there's, a, there's a good reason that I wrote the book in very plain English, and that is so the average working Joe and the average working Jane uh, could digest the information, understand how important the Federal Reserve is to their life, to their ability to retire, and then take that to the voting booth. And I also think it's important for Canadians to understand how the Fed works um, so that they can have a greater understanding of, of the monetary system in general, because what happens there is going to affect Canadians. But now, you just mentioned debt there for a moment. Well, and absolutely that, it is. Yeah. I mean, we, we are an interconnected, especially in a post-NAFTA world, we are very interconnected economies, Canada and the United States. Definitely. And now you were just mentioning debts, and obviously we have growing debts in Canada and, and large debts in, in the United States, and they, they've continued to grow globally. Um, you know, we've, we've obviously bored our way to prosperity, which I, I put in quotes there. Um, and there's also a large complacency regarding debt. Can you, can you talk about the dangers of debt and this blasé attitude towards the fact that they just continue to grow and no one wants to talk about it? Again, I put this at the feet of the world's central bankers who have kept interest rates at artificially low levels such that there's absolutely no penalty for building all of this debt up. Uncle Sam, the United States government, the, the Japanese government, you name the government, they would not be able to sustain record levels of sovereign debt worldwide had it not been facilitated by and encouraged by extraordinarily low interest rate policy. It just, the math wouldn't work. You would have to, the, the, the interest payments alone would eat up fiscal budgets and it would simply cease, it, it just wouldn't work. But it does work so people can look the other way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the other part of that, and for us, something that we watch is that it does create a war on savers. There, there's not a chance for people to just put their money in the bank and save. And I know this is something that you've talked about, the idea of having, you know, for you to live off of interest, you need to have $10 million plus in the bank. And so we all have to go out and chase yield. And so, you know, we look at, at precious metals as a way to protect that wealth. Now, with that seems to be something that the Fed doesn't want to look at. But last week, we saw central banks all of a sudden bringing attention to gold. We saw Germany saying, yep, we've repatriated all our gold. And Mnuchin headed off to Fort Knox and said, yep, it's there, although we didn't quite see it. Why do you think there's uh, this change of attitude towards bringing reassurance to gold all of a sudden, which in our opinion is, is a good place to put, put some wealth, at least? Again, I think what we're witnessing here is history in a very real way. Uh, you know, something else that the Germans have begun to do is to rebuild their armed forces. You know, I don't necessarily see, uh, I, I see, a, excuse me, a very tight correlation behind Germany repeat, repatriating their gold and rebuilding their armed forces. As much as I would prefer for that not to be the case, I think that the powers that be, the Steve Mnuchins of the world, um, the Angela Merkels of the world, I think that they have begun to recognize that the rise of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, not that they're necessarily sustainable, is nevertheless a reflection of the anxiety surrounding fiat currencies. And if that's the case, 
then you want to be sure you know where your gold is. Thanks, Danielle. Great stuff. We're going to take a, a short break. If you'd like to hang on through that break, that number is one eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealthcom As Darren mentioned earlier, the e-store and how to use your registered accounts. It's all online. We'll get to more of that in detail as the show progresses as well. This is a Real Money Show. Lots more coming up. Talk Radio, AM 640. One eight seven seven eight silver is the number. Guildhallwealth.com. Thanks for hanging through the break. We continue with Danielle DiMartino Booth and our interview here on the Real Money Show. You mentioned Greenspan earlier, and your attitude towards the Fed having having left it. Um, what was it? A couple of years ago, I think. Right. Um, it seems uh, that yeah, a lot of I left in fifteen. As soon as Richard Fisher retired, I right. followed him right out the door. <laughs> now. It does seem to me that Greenspan has sort of changed his tune a little bit as well. We're seeing him talking about gold a little bit, and he sort of all of a sudden is changing the way his approach to to money in general. Why do you think all of a sudden he's changed his tune? Yeah, I think it was a seminal moment um, for him on a personal level uh, when he basically had the author of his biography embedded in his life for the better part of two years and we learned in that recently released biography that Greenspan uh, did indeed feel some uh, some guilt, and and he 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 took credit for um, he took credit for the fact that he made bad decisions because he wanted to be popular. So he knew, you know, his recently discovered uh, dissertation was on the subject of housing bubbles. So I think for him, maybe it's the twilight of his life. I really don't know. But I think, I, I think for Greenspan, he's beginning to understand that he's part of, he was part of the problem, and he set off a completely different way of thinking about monetary policy that has been um, very much uh, adopted and and implemented by his two successors. Yeah, and it seems that as well, in my opinion, that that he's getting it on record in terms of what his feelings are now, so that he has that that said he's put it out there in terms of that maybe regretting some of the things that he'd done and knowing that he was complicit in it. In terms of of going forward, having written the book, um, what what for you right now is a big a big concern, and and also what are you hopeful about? I mean, we're we're just touching the surface today. Hopefully, we can have you back real soon and and start to dig deep, dig a little bit deeper. But what has you most concerned right now? Well, the same thing that has Alan Greenspan most concerned. You you mentioned he's uh, you mentioned he's gone on the record. Well, he's gone on the record saying that this is a a bond bubble of magnificent proportions. And what concerns me is that so many uh, close to being retired and retirees look to that fixed income portion of their portfolio as the safest part of it. And they have very little understanding of concepts like duration and how very quickly uh, the actual principle they have in their bond funds, regardless of their form, they have very little appreciation for how much how, how quickly their principles uh, can can rack up losses. That's my greatest concern. And in terms of looking forward, what are you most hopeful about right now? Well, look, I I think that there is a I think that there is a growing recognition worldwide, and I don't know how it's going to play out, and if there's going to be messiness 
in order to get us there. But in the same sense that in, in the years leading up to 1929, um, this great inequality divide created an atmosphere of tremendous tension and eventually led to war. It, the aftermath of that period of crises also led to uh, growth in the middle class. And that's really what I want to see. I want to see leaders who are going to be advocating for the little guy because it's one person at a time upon which economies are built. And the more people who are involved in an economic expansion, the stronger your economy is on a long-term basis. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Now, actually, just before we go and, and talk about how we can get the book sure. and, and get more information on you, Darren Long has a, a quick question for you. Hi, Danielle. Darren Long from The Real Money Show. It's a pleasure to have you on today. And I just a couple of quick questions. One, for you, do you foresee, at least in the immediate future, maybe the near-term, medium-term, do you see, because of Fed policy and what you've been a part of in the last decade, now that we've been able to absorb the new changes in the way the mentality has gone, do you foresee money managers continuing to take more risk in terms of trying to grow some type of return, especially in, in when it relates to pension money? Oh, absolutely I do. I think that this, this great movement into uh, higher-yielding uh, investments, such as private equity, is really a reflection of central bank policy that has forced managers to go further out on the risk curve than what would be appropriate for the people whose money they're, they're, they're managing. And, and as a result of that, do you foresee more people looking for an alternative such as gold or silver or other types of assets like that? Is that increasing in your near future? I think that gold is, is truly, in the event that the bond market is as overvalued as Greenspan and I believe it to be, then I think that the safety of treasuries will become um, a myth. Right. And which would lead to gold being the ultimate flight to safety recipient. That's again, we feel the same and way that's about kind it. Of I mean, how I see the precious metals. Sure, sure. I mean, I wouldn't hold you to a prediction or anything of that nature. I understand it's just an opinion, but I'd be interested before you let people know how to get in touch and get the book. We've heard so many politicians talk about ways to reform policy and ways to make uh, monetary policy better. We've even heard from people as extreme as Ron Paul, who we might support here at the show. It's not everybody's cup of tea, but we've heard him talk about reformation and how to end the Fed and things of that nature. What, in your opinion, moving forward, uh, helps people at the at the very bottom level, the people that are going to work every day, nine to five, that really don't want to, they've buried their head in the sand. They don't want to hear about the feds. They don't want to talk about complexities of money management. What helps them to understand this as a major, major problem and helps them to understand that they have to take back ownership of, of their financial future? Or does it happen? You know, I'm... This, this has absolutely, I, I, I promise you, this has nothing to do with my book. However, they should read my book. <laughs> sure. It, it was written not once but twice. It, it, was, it was written not once but twice, once so that it had the content and the policy and the directives in it and prescriptions in it. But then it was translated into plain English, and it's an extremely entertaining read because there has to be a starting point point. 
for people who'd rather bury their heads in the sand. And it's not going to be accomplished by reading some 700-page encyclopedic tome written by Ben Bernanke that pats himself on the back that's not even anywhere close to being in English. But financial literacy is where it has to begin. And in order for there to be more financial literacy in this world, you have to make it approachable, enjoyable, and entertaining. And most central bankers would rather that not be the case. A lot of the power that they exert over their constituencies is the fact that their language keeps people in the dark and keeps people with their eyes rolling into the back of their heads saying that's about as much fun as watching paint dry. I'd rather not. Sure. I mean, we couldn't agree with you more on that point. It's something that we tried to nail home constantly that we have to take back ownership of our financial futures. And part of that is obviously understanding that there's a wider array of assets to own. Now, that being said, I'm a quarter of the way through the book and our listeners, it's basically, we we go worldwide, but our, our big listener core is in Canada. I highly recommend the book. I'm a quarter of the way through it. I picked it up Tuesday. It is easy to read, folks. It's something that I think is of great value to you to have. Uh, Danielle, where can people get in touch with you and, and what's the easiest way for them to buy the book? I, I got it through, obviously, an online retailer. It's very easy to do, but what would you recommend? Well, um, I have found that the reception to the audiobook has been even better than the reception to the hardback, which is in its fifth production run. So I recorded it myself, and it really does make consuming the book that much easier. But again, it's it, you can hop on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. You can get the book anywhere you would think that you could get any book. Um, and then if you want a smaller slice of Danielle and the way she writes and thinks, you know, hop onto my website, which is demartinobooth.com, D-I-M-A-R-T-I-N-O-B-O-O-T-H.com. It's also my Twitter handle, at demartinobooth. But hop onto my website, Look in the archive, listen to a recent interview that I, I, I've done, um, or watch a video, and then you might have a little bit more incentive to go buy the book. You'll be like, hey, she does speak in plain English, and that's the point. Well, we're happy to have found you here at The Real Money Show, and it's been a pleasure speaking with you today on behalf of both Jeremy and I. We can't wait to have you back again. We know you're busy and you're off to a, your next appointment, but for those listening, you can find all of the information about today's uh, interview on The Real Money Show website or at guildhallwealth.com, and of course, you can find out more about Danielle's book, Fed Up. It's fantastic. We're glad to have been able to speak with you today. We've barely touched the surface of many topics we want to delve into over the next few meetings that we hopefully have. And we want to say thank you very much. You know, we hope you have a great week and we, uh, we enjoyed speaking with you very much. Thank you. I really do appreciate your time. Great question. So that was a great interview. And, uh, you know, if you're, if you agree with a lot of the things that she's concerned about, whether it's the increasing debts, whether it's the, the problems that happen as a result of low interest rate policies and uh, just just a general concern about the malaise in the market while in the face of all of these uh, all of these risks then we've got to look for different ways to get involved in protecting our wealth as we've talked about on this show for for a very long time the idea of silver as savings and a way to protect wealth over a long period of time we know that gold over the last 15 years is up over 300% in canadian dollars silver same thing we're just around the $300 mark and there's lots of different ways to get involved in precious metals whether it's you want to hold some physical precious metals in your registered accounts 
anyone looking to invest every for every five thousand dollars US dollars invested you're gonna get one gram of gold up to fifty thousand dollars so that's potentially ten grams of gold which is a fantastic way to get a little gift for investing in we find that clients love that because they can give it out as gifts to uh, kids to grandkids um, or just to have a little bit of gold in in their in their drawers so for every $5,000 U.S. invested in a registered account, that's RSP, TFSA, Lira, RIF. Um, if you have a, a pension from, from an old employee, uh, old employer, and you want to utilize these funds in a different way, we can help you get physical gold and silver in your portfolio. This is going to be fully allocated, fully segregated. You're going to get the serial numbers. You're going to be able to go to the vault and personally hold this product in your hand. So that's for the registered accounts. Of course, there's also just buying product directly, and we've got a great promotion right now for 100-ounce silver bars. This is uh, the Republic Metals Bar. Go to the site. We've got them on at about 80 cents over spot price, I believe. So just go to guildhallpreciousmetals.com. You'll see a couple promotions for uh, some of the great products that we have. We have an incredible pricing. Products are always available. It's very easy to select your product and make payments and, and uh, have your product shipped or make an appointment and come pick up your product at the at the office. So definitely give us a call if you want to buy that product directly. Get involved in putting precious metals in your RSP to protect yourself and also grow your wealth. And then, of course, we've got the natural fancy color diamonds, which we're going to be discussing in the next segment. An incredible way to protect wealth, to grow wealth, especially the pink diamonds. They've continued to go up consistently over time. We've never seen a price drop in pink diamonds, especially. And right now, through September, any diamond that you select from Guildhall Wealth is going to be tax-free. So this is a great opportunity that you've been waiting for to get involved in the natural fancy color diamond market. So much more still to come. In the meantime, that number that Jeremy keeps mentioning, one eight seven seven eight silver one eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com. This is The Real Money Show. Talk radio, AM 640. One eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealth.com your registered accounts you can use those to get physical metals into them just go to the website or call for more details let's uh, flip over Darren and get into the uh, natural fancy colored diamond side of things too we love this part of the show John another part of the puzzle that we like to piece together for everyone and of course if you own gold and silver it only makes sense to consider the next thing in that line of reasoning which is to own a natural fancy colored diamond these are the most luxurious gorgeous, and yes, they are decadent investments, but for those that are just concerned about wealth, you can also just let this diamond sit. You can put it away, never have to worry about a market swinging one way or the other, waking up in the morning, and you can always sleep at night knowing you've got something that's growing in wealth. And speaking of growing in wealth, of course, regular listeners to the show know how uh, how we like to discuss at length uh, about Argyle diamonds in particular, the pink diamond that we love to own as a firm. Of course, all pink diamonds in in general, just absolutely brilliant investments. But again, this is the time of year where the Argyle uh, mine hosts its annual uh, parent company, Rio Tinto, its annual uh, Argyle tender, which pieces together some of the finest cut cut diamonds they've had over the course of the year. And uh, of course, when you look at that collection as a whole, which ends up being 50 to 60 lots, and Jeremy can attest to having been uh, all throughout the entire world looking at these diamonds. Him and Paul have gone over to Asia to bid on the tender numerous times. And of course, we look at them as opportunity 
I know out there as a listener, you're thinking it's not for me maybe, or I don't know much about them, or I'm not comfortable. Well, this is where wealth is found. It's found by digging your heels in and finding out more about the things that very few people know about. This is one of the best kept secrets of wealth on the planet, folks. And I got to tell you, this year is going to be no exception. It is going to create higher demand for pink diamonds, higher demand for yellow diamonds, higher demand for blues, all because of this Argyle Tender Auction, which is coming up. Now, I pulled with me today a small couple of articles talking a little bit about related info. We're going to get to those in just a second. And uh, I think, Jeremy, you want to talk about your love of these diamonds and what it means to you too. Yeah, you know, look, for every 10,000 white diamonds, you're going to get one colored diamond, and that doesn't mean it's investment grade. It just means that there is a colored diamond, and that gives you a sense of the rarity of a colored diamond because white diamonds, they're, uh, they're luxury items. They're not necessarily rare. Uh, you can think of lots of luxury items that aren't rare. You know, um, you know, go to any mall and you'll see high-end luxury dealers right. of wallets and and shoes and and all of these sorts of things. But that doesn't make them rare. They're expensive. They're luxury items. White diamonds are the same. They're not exactly rare. You'd have to buy a, you know, the absolute perfect best quality, and it would have to be very very large for it to be worth something. And we see at auctions all the time a massive. A white diamond that's D, it's flawless, and the price is completely dwarfed by what you can see in pink diamonds and yellow diamonds of much smaller sizes. And, you know, as we're heading into the tender, I was just thinking about the fact that we know that the Argyle mine is going to be closing, uh, let's say 2021, I think is is what they're, they're pinning it on. And look at what's happened over the last few years. We've seen the debt in the U.S. get to $20 trillion. You know, by the time we get to 2020, we're probably going to be looking at $25 trillion. You know, by the time the Argyle mine closes, if the debt in the U.S. is at $25 trillion, okay, that is that is a serious risk to the financial system. And over the last three decades, we've seen the savings and loan crisis, we've seen the dot-com bubble, we've seen the subprime bubble. We're waiting for the next crisis to hit, and you know what? Colored diamonds have gone through every single one of those crisis crises unscathed. No. And this is why you want to own a natural fancy colored diamond. Now, it's not for everyone. This is the type of investment that you've covered your basic expenses, you know, you've you've got your your real estate, you've got your money in the stock market or wherever you're putting it that your advisor's telling you and you've got funds that you still want to put away. This is what we call cash in the bank. In the business, the dealers are starting to put their products to the back of the safe because they do not want to let them go at this juncture. They know that it's money in the bank. Now, it's not the most liquid market in the world, but that's not the point. If there's a major collapse, if there's a major economic event, this is where you want your your wealth to be. You want it to be safe for when the coast is clear and everything settles down again and that diamond has gone up in value that's where it becomes so important that you invested today and didn't wait till 2021 when the debt in the US is at 25 trillion and then Argyle diamond you can't even buy them because the collectors have all taken them uh, taken them home 18778 silver online to guildhallwealth.com Darren well it is time to talk about that tender and of course that 
collection of diamonds that's coming to a limited number of bidders, one of which is going to be Guildhall, is composed of a total weight of 49.39 carats and has 58 diamonds in total in the collection. It includes five hero diamonds. You'll hear them referred to as the Everglow, the Isla, the Aveline, the Kalina, and the Liberté. And these are their biggest diamonds or the ones that are going to be obviously going to go for this the most. The Argyle diamond called the Everglow is a 2.11 carat polished radiant cut, uh, and it's absolutely exquisite. And these will be very sought after diamonds. We're anticipating having to bid as much as 30%, maybe even more higher than what our bids were for diamonds last year. And as a result, folks, we're going to get a ton of reappraising done on our site in the next short while. And this is the time of the year where unfortunately diamond prices rise across the board. So yellows, pinks, blues, blue greens, greens, oranges, they're all going to be rising in price. And it's the one time of year where Guildhall has no choice, but our cost on diamonds rises, of course, at the wholesale level. And of course, we unfortunately have to pass that along. Now, before we do that, the month of August was a a month in which we had no tax on diamonds, a lot of vacationers, a lot of people want to take advantage of that. Uh, we'll hold it over for the first uh, week, two weeks at very most of September. Tax-free buying on a colored diamond. We'll do that as a, as a thank you to people that are thinking of buying. I know some of you are away and might not have had the chance to finalize your purchase. Of course, when it comes to natural fancy colored diamonds, let Guildhall do all the work for you. When you want to come in and see one, that is the best way to get acquainted with it. Bring your spouse, bring the people in your life that are making these decisions with you. Sit down across a table from somebody at Guildhall and have a chance to ask all the questions about uh, your financial well-being and health and how a diamond can play into that. Hold the diamond, see what it would look like if it was in a setting. And of course, if you're interested in wearing the diamond, if this is going to mark a special occasion or a milestone, as we call it, then of course, we should be thinking about setting that diamond. And you know what? In our office, there is one person we turn to that knows more about settings and more about how to take care of that diamond. That is Jeremy. So, I mean, we would tend to ask any of those questions. And Jeremy always makes himself available, no matter who you're dealing with at Guildhall. This is the type of investment, though, folks, where you could easily see a pink diamond range anywhere from 15 to 30% or more per year in return. It's a long-term hold. Don't forget, colored diamonds are not like silver and gold. They don't have the volatility of silver and gold. They're not short-term plays, nor should gold and silver be viewed as a day trade either. But when you buy a colored diamond, it's something that you can expect to have at a bare minimum. If it's a pink, high-quality diamond, five years yellow eight plus years. And ideally, it's something you should be holding 10 plus years. This is a milestone investment, something you can put away and not have to worry about, accumulate wealth over the long term. And rest assured, when you're prepared to meet that milestone of retirement or buying a home for your children when they get married, you can use that diamond to put that wealth into that next stage of investment in your life. One eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com to check out that collection.
So that's right. I mean, when you're thinking about this investment, uh, think wisely, think long-term, think this is milestone uh, dollars and cents and be in a position to do it. Never borrow to buy a colored diamond. doesn't make sense. It's not the right way to do it. But uh, we're going to see bidding close for the Argyle tender on October the 11th. We'll have results as best as we can figure and we'll get the general statement from Argyle. We'll bring it to you as listeners. And of course, we need to tell you that this is the perfect asset to tie together with gold and silver. Yeah, you know, when you're what we see at the office every single day is an aha moment when we have clients come to the office, they've never invested in precious metals before. We show them the different types of products, which by the way, we do have a great YouTube video on all of the different types of products that we offer at Guildhall. And you can also go online to guildhallpreciousmetals.com and see the products that are available. But we put a hundred ounce bar of silver in someone's hand and they go, ah, I, I get it. I mean, this is, this is wealth. This is not, you know, cash is easy to go to. Precious metals, it's easy to sell, but it's probably the last thing you'd have to, you'd want to sell. It's real wealth. And colored diamonds are the same thing. A colored diamond something you're going to put in a safety deposit box and really not think about it again because you won't want to sell it eventually. It's, a, it's one thing to say milestone. It's another thing to say, yeah, but if I sell it, I stop making money on it. I mean, you could buy a vivid yellow diamond for under $10,000 10 years ago. Today, they're selling for upwards of 50000 Canadian. So you know that this is an asset that you're going to want to continue to hold on to because of the rarity. But as assets go, we're here to, to, to put assets in your hand because if you can't hold it, you don't own it. So as much as we love the colored diamonds, we think precious metals are a great way to store wealth. It's a great way to save over time because we've seen that precious metals are a great inflation fighter. If you think inflation's at 2%, as the government says, okay, that's great. But once we add energy, food costs, insurance costs, <clears throat> taxes, everything like this, most people would agree that inflation's probably in real life more like 5 or 6%, in which case, if you're not making 5 6%, and this is what we were talking with, uh, with Danielle about, then you're losing to that inflation. And we've seen that precious metals have, have beat that mark over the long term. And that's the key, is you want to beat it long term, not on a day-to-day, but on an annual and on a, on a decade basis. Well, with that in mind, we're going to talk about where gold's heading, what the Korean situation means to it, and why silver's technicals are so bullish right now as soon as we come back in the fourth segment. For one eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com. This is The Real Money Show. Talk radio, May M640. 1-877-8-SILVER-GUILDHALLWEALTH.COM. Your registered accounts, you can use those to get physical metals into them. Just go to the website or call for more details. Well, here in the fourth segment, we do like to summarize what we talked about. We had a tremendous interview with Danielle today and, of course, her book, Fed Up, a great read. We highly recommend it to our listeners and our listener base. That information is on our website, by the way. You can go and access that anytime. But right now, listen... People want to know, and they've been watching this week, unless you've had your head buried in the sand, and I know lots of people have been on vacation, but believe it or not, North Korea fired a ballistic missile over Japan this week in a very unprecedented, very, very 
uh, provocative. provocative action, I think. And of course, it got the markets moving. We talked just before we came in over the client of ours who was saying that he saw a picture of the North Korean leader standing over the launch buttons with a s- computer screens beside him watching what the markets would do. The ultimate stock trader, the ultimate insider, I guess. But uh, nonetheless, a very important point to point to bring to our listeners' attention. And this is part of our basic group of fundamentals. Geopolitical instability causes the price of gold and silver to rise. Yeah, and I think given given what uh, Danielle DiMartino Booth was discussing in terms of Fed policy and not necessarily understanding what the what some of the a- actions it was going to cause, um, some of the things that that could that could affect it, things like pension funds. You know, pension funds can't make money at at 2% or 1%. They need 6%. They need normalized interest rates in order to make money. Otherwise, things start to suffer. And one of the consequences of low interest rates, of course, is that the every country wants to compete in terms of their currency things start to go down every dollar's racing to the bottom and you start end up with geopolitical consequences as well and i think part of the reason why there's there's a, a geopolitical aspect to all of this is that tensions start to rise as debts rise as economies aren't doing well i mean if the us economy was doing great would there be as much tension in the world i doubt it so the point is, is that these policies do have consequences, and we're seeing that come out in the terms of geopolitical. Now, look, I'm not the biggest fan of this idea of gold as the ultimate safe haven, and we should run to gold on the day that that uh, you know a missile's launched and the world doesn't collapse. So I'll sell my gold. I just don't see that as a as a as a narrative that's going to work long term. People hold precious metals as a as a as a base of their portfolio as as the you know, this is what you, the foundation that you want to build a portfolio on. It's real wealth. It's liquid. It does its job long term. You know, in, in 2006, if you said to someone, yeah, I think gold's going to go to $1,000 an ounce, they waved you off. They said, there's no way in hell that's going to go to $1,000 an ounce. Well, it went to 1900 People all of a sudden were, were really concerned. Well, what happened to the people that, that never thought it could go up? You know, this idea of seeing is believing is not a, a way to make to make money in my in my estimation. And, you know, you've got to do your research. You've got to read books like the one we were discussing today and other books and and understand what the fundamentals of this market are. And what we know about this market is over the last four or five years, people have continued to buy it. There's less, just moving my attention to, to silver, for example, there's less than a billion ounces of silver above ground. There's over 7 billion people on the planet. That means not every single person can own silver. And yet we have people buying thousands of ounces of silver. I mean, these are first world problems, but protecting wealth, a way to save your, your wealth this is what's going to ultimately grow your wealth. We feel precious metals are very much undervalued today. Their correction is coming to a close, as many, many analysts in this market have been saying. And when they start to rise, we want to see investors get involved early, not when the price of silver goes back up to 50. We want investors to be in well before that. Now, we do think silver could get to 50 as an example. We think it could go much, much higher than that once you start to look at the fundamentals and the numbers and the ratios and all of these things. So you've got to have a little bit of this in your portfolio at this time, in our opinion. 
Now, in the short term, it is true that gold could continue higher as the catalyst for both silver and gold to move forward. It always leads the way when we see a rally happen, and that's been the case since 2002. But it will depend much, as as it relates to the Korean situation, it will depend much on how the U.S. responds. If the U.S. and the U.S. economy and or the U.S. dollar are perceived by investors to be in danger, then it's likely that precious metals can continue significantly higher. And of course, certain geopolitical events do matter more than others as far as it relates to precious metals. There's been a long history of it, but it's only one part of what we talk about when we say fundamentally, this is the type of thing you should own. And of course, we rarely hear criticism about geopolitical factors for precious metals because we're on the inside. As a listener to the show, you should understand that there are all kinds of events that drive markets, and we've spent a lot of time talking about how gold and silver are, in fact, event-driven markets. So if anybody that's investing money perceives that the U.S. dollar or the U.S. in general is going to be in any type of geopolitical trouble, if war could begin or things like that, they're not the type of thing as investors we want to see at all, but they do provide an impetus for gold and silver to go higher. And this is such such an event that could take the price of gold uh, numerous, numerous hundreds of dollars higher at this point in time. So I think that that's something that we need to watch. One eight seven seven eight silver is the number. Guildhallwealth.com. There's lots of technicals in the market that are making silver look like an incredible buy right now. I think. Well, I'll remind everybody listening that we are certainly not your financial planners. You're not. We're not your advisors. But from a technical standpoint, you couldn't be more correct, Jeremy. There is actually good news in silver. Silver's right back to punching through that early June high on the daily charts. Silver is now well above the 50-day moving average and the 200-day moving average. And the immediate need is for silver to close out this week. And you'll already know what happened if you're listening to this show on Saturday or Sunday in a very strong position, higher than uh, what we saw at around let's say 1770. If it does that, it's on its way, folks. I believe wholeheartedly that two crosses above 1770 into that $18 range, and we're going to be well on our way to the next big market in silver and gold. Now, don't get worried because if it doesn't, that just provides another window of opportunity for you who are listening to this show right now to take advantage of low prices while they're still around. Inevitably, at some point in time, I don't think we're going to see these prices anymore. And having been so close to the cost of production of an ounce of silver to pull it out of the ground, folks, for so long, for so many years, what has ultimately happened, and you can picture this in your head, is that it's like a slingshot being pulled back and it's being pulled tighter and tighter. And every time it's giving you one extra little bit of time to take advantage of these low prices. So get silver and gold in there. I promised you something. I'm going to tell you right now how you can get a thousand ounces of silver at half off. Now, I don't want anybody to mistake what I'm about to say or the example I'm about to give, but this is uh, an allocated financing account, a new option at Guildhall Wealth Management. These are 100-ounce silver bars that are allocated and segregated to you. You get to control the action. You get to see the updates online. Buying and selling happens online and you through a phone call and, of course, If you wanted to use this type of account, this is the concept of other people's money. You take, for example, a thousand ounces today, and those are all in 100 ounce bars. That outlay is going to cost you in Canadian dollars, roughly $22,000 for a fraction. And I mean, as little as about 10,300, 10,400, 10,500 as we're taping the show here on Thursday, 
you could have the same amount of silver, control that thousand ounces, earn from that thousand ounces, but as the market moves up, your earning uh, potential is far greater because you have more of it there. Now, what this does tell us, though, as an investor is that, number one, you should be an investor who can afford that thousand ounces to begin with. This is specifically for a person who has a dollar to spend and would like to hold back some of their money. So they come to Guildhall Wealth, they say, let me have an allocated financing account. I'll give you guys 45 cents of every dollar I want to spend and I'll borrow the rest. That's using the concept of other people's money. Now you still get the same full dollar of silver and you get to control the outcome of it. You get to own it and benefit from the returns that you'll make in the market. And if we're correct in our assumptions and you believe like we do that the market's going a lot higher than it is right now, this is the type of account that could make an absolutely huge return. It's a great way to maintain liquidity while knowing that you own the product. We provide the inventory report, the itemized inventory report, so clients have the serial numbers. They know where it's being stored. They can take delivery of the product at any time. Obviously, the financing has to be paid off, but they can take delivery of the product that they own outright. It's theirs. It's allocated. And again, they can go to the vault and personally audit that product at any time. So the key to this is the transparency of the whole thing. And in terms of transparency, we also offer that physical precious metals, gold and silver in the registered accounts. And for every $5,000 invested US dollars, you get one gram of gold. Well, folks, that concludes another weekly show here in Guildhall Wealth. is happy that you took the time to listen. We thank you kindly for doing so. We hope you have a wonderful, wonderful Labor Day weekend. We look forward to speaking with you next week. And may all your children going back to school be safe and sound. Take care.